This is Keep On Cooking, a podcast for people who love cookbooks and want to know more about the authors. It's also a great place to get a weekly dose of culinary inspiration to keep things pumping in the kitchen. So grab a cookbook and keep on cooking. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the only podcast dedicated to plant based cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's a mystery wrapped inside an enigma. It's the one and only Mr. Rossetti. How you doing, my dear? And I thought this was just a hoodie. Oh, but it's an enigma. You're cloaked in the enigma. The mystery. Such a mystery. Are you building a mystery? I am. Oh, I don't Thank quite you. don't quite have the vocals back <laughs> after being sick, but hey. Hey, it's all right. A little something, a little something. We're here to talk about my new book that's coming out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Number four. Number four, March 26th. Wow. I've got a new book coming out. Uh, it's called The Power Foods Diet, The Breakthrough Plan That Traps, Tames, and Burns Calories for Easy and Permanent Weight Loss. Now, of course, this isn't my book. This is Dr. Neil Barnard's book, and I had the honor and privilege of working on the recipes for this book. And I say, you know, it's not my book because I've never been so focused on weight loss necessarily. Uh, so, and I'm still not in this book. Dr. Barnard's really the one who talks about the science in the front mm -hmm. matter of it. And I just had the privilege of sort of uh, getting the list of ingredients from Dr. Barnard that are considered the power foods in this book. And I had the opportunity to create all these recipes based on those ingredients. And you tasted a lot of them. What do you say? I Mr. sure Rizzetti? did. Official taste testing. Well, I think uh, anything, anytime like weight loss is mentioned, like you kind of think like, oh, well, taste is going to be, you know, uh, uh, not as good. And that is definitely not the case for this. And all the recipes are amazing. And again, you've got these power foods that like, I would say like the the normal vegan, you know, would have on their sure, list. But sure. like, you know, we've been adding more of those, I think, because of the book. Over time, and, because of the you book, know, yeah. And he talks about specific types of like cinnamon to, mm -hmm. to get, yep. you know, from certain areas that, that are really helpful. So like, I don't know, it's been... Uh, Interesting. Yep. Well, and I like too. So getting that list of ingredients, I was like, it's like we talk about, especially in the world of diet and exercise mm. and all that stuff. There's there's so many untruths out there and so many myths and so many people telling you what you can't have. Mm. This book does a great job of telling you what, what you, you can, can have. have. Yeah. And so I'm I'm was really into that. Like just getting this list of like whole foods ingredients essentially, but not I mean there's whole wheat pastas on there. So like yeah. there's a great macaroni and cheese. So I did recipes and Lindsay S. Nixon did recipes. There's a great macaroni and cheese that she did that I love and we all know i'm picky with macaroni and cheese that's true um and i had to make it because i did a photo for it because y'all that's the uh second thing on this yes little pat on the back here this is the first book that i've done of photography for including the cover the photo cover. so check it out yeah so very excited about that very excited for these photos to be out there for people to see finally i had a great time with it um i wouldn't necessarily call myself like you know annie Leibowitz. But no, I had on. fun. I had you fun. Really, really well. And I really like I really like the way they turned out. You know, fortunately I've got a great mentor in this, Ashley Madden, of course, who I've mentioned a million times who did the photography for my last friend of books. the pod, friend of the pod. Well, Ashley Madden and also Alex Scheitzman. So Ashley Madden, you can follow Ryshine Cook and Alex Scheitzman has held my hand through this so many times. It's true. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at Rise Shine Cook. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Ashley's at Rise Shine Cook, and Alex is at the New Baguette. Um, and Alex actually does one-on-one photography coaching and she's fantastic. She really takes you through the beginning, middle and end of how you can create, uh, great photos, working with the camera, the settings. And yeah, she's, uh, been, she's been great. With yeah, you. she really has. And then I had like a moment of panic in this where I, the, my photos were not formatted correctly and she like held my hand and walked me through that. So she's been really great. So check her out if you're looking to up your photography game. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about this. Dr. Barnard is a nutrition researcher, author and health advocate. Yes. And he is also an adjunct associate professor of medicine at George Washington University School of Medicine. Dr. Barnard uh, conducts studies on the role of nutrition in diabetes, uh, obesity, and lipid management, among other health issues. Uh, We actually, there was an episode with Dr. Barnard and Adrena Burton on their book, Reversing Diabetes, uh, episode uh, 66. If you want to go ahead and check that out. Yes, we did. And this episode's going to be sort of exactly like that. He's going to come on here shortly and talk about the science of everything and the front matter of the book. And then I'm going to come back on and I'm going to walk through some of these delicious recipes for Mm. you so you know what kind of uh, food you can expect from here. Uh, But if you want to hear about that reverse diabetes book that he did with Trina Burton. Be sure to give that a listen. Now, in 1985, Dr. Barnard established the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a nonprofit organization advocating for preventative medicine and higher ethical standards in research. So, also more fun news on this podcast in this moment. Of course, we know for the last couple of years, I've served as the culinary specialist for PCRM. But David, what's the news? I am now the special events coordinator yes. for PCRM. Power couple back to back. Uh, back to back. Uh-huh. Um, yes, uh, I am now the special events coordinator and off to the races. You uh, are. This week is week four. I'm, you know, going to Miami for a site visit for uh, a Bon Voyage event we're having for the holistic holiday at sea cruise yeah. that Dr. Barnard is um, speaking on. You're doing so, a lot already. A lot. And then a huge event at the uh, National Press Club yep, on for March twenty sixth for, for the book. book. And We're I think tickets like... are already available. Correct. So... You can go to pcrm.org uh, backslash events. Yep. I so if you're we'll in the DC, well, you could even go to pcrm.org and probably type in in the search bar what yeah. Power Foods and uh, it'll, it'll, it'll come up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, DC, March 26th, we're doing a dedicated book release event. Chuck Carroll's going to be there. I believe it's part of the exam room podcast. Correct. Yes, it is part of the exam room. Uh, So, And Stephanie Ignafo will Mm -hmm. be there. So a great group of us talking about the book and talking about some success stories and the science behind the book. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, To wrap up a little info on Dr. Barnard, he grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, y'all. His extended family includes both doctors and cattle ranchers, two groups that are increasingly butting heads over America's health policies. Dr. Barnard's scientific approach aims to shed new light on these important issues. And here he is to chat about his new book, The Power Foods Diet. It's Dr. Neil Barnard. He's the man with the Power Foods plan. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, the Keep On Cooking podcast, that is Dr. Neil Barnard. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Barnard. Well, it's great to be with you, Dustin. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to see you. And we're going to start with a non-food, non-science related icebreaker question, just so people can get to know you a little more. I'll answer it too. On an airplane, you travel a lot. Do you prefer the window or the aisle seat? Ah, what a question. Do I prefer the window or the aisle? Dustin, I want the middle seat. I'm a people person. 
Are you serious with that answer? <laughs> the middle seat. <laughs> well, maybe not. Uh, however, on the other hand, I get a ch- I, if I'm in the middle seat, I get a chance to veganize the people on the left and the right. That is true. That is they true. are my prisoners for the next two and a half hours. <laughs> I'll fire up my PowerPoint. We'll talk about diabetes. <laughs> That's making the most of that moment for sure. That is making the most of that moment. Yeah. I wonder when I, when I found this question, I was like, well, nobody's mentioning the aisle seat. I'm sure there's somebody who likes to, or or the middle seat. I'm sure there's somebody who likes to sit in the middle seat. (laughs) I ended up, I used to like the aisle and then I ended up on the window now. I think because when I sat in the aisle, I don't sleep well on planes. Do you sleep well on planes? Yeah. Not not, Not at all. Same here. So then I would, if I ever had the moment where I was like, oh, I am occasionally nodding off, that would be the moment they'd come through with carts or something and I'd get hit on the shoulder. So I was like, okay, I'm moving myself over to the window now. So that's where it landed for me on there. But now I might take the middle seat with that uh, notion there to uh, chat with our buddies about uh, the powers of the good the good veggies and fruits. Well, we're here to chat about your new book, The Power Foods Diet, the breakthrough plan that traps, tames, and burns calories for easy and permanent weight loss. The book is available for pre-order now. It comes out on March 26th. Now, Weight loss seems to be America's favorite topic, topic, judging by all of the press about Wagovi and all the things of that nature. But this new book takes an approach that is a lot more fun than drugs or starvation diets. And what I love about this book, and one of the reasons I jumped on to being involved when you asked me about developing recipes, was because the book doesn't put the primary focus on all of the things we should avoid eating. Rather, it focuses on foods that we want to eat, foods we can consume that help us lose weight. So what inspired that? Well, the science has really given us the answer to all of this. Justin, just what you said is true. People who want to get rid of some unwanted weight, they starve and they feel terrible. And if they they binge, uh, they feel regrets or they'll have surgery or they'll take expensive drugs. All these things are kind of tough. But science came in and said, there are certain foods that actually cause you to lose weight. Harvard researchers, 2015, published studies where they looked at people over a long period of time. And if they increased certain foods, their weight tended to drop. And the top of the list was berries, like blueberries, strawberries. Number two was the cruciferous vegetables, like broccoli and cauliflower. After that was green vegetables. There there are a number of these foods. And so the idea is the, the effect of each one alone can be modest. But what if we build them into our diets and see how they can work? And about two years after the Harvard study, researchers in the UK looked at twins, identical twins. Their genes are exactly the same. But it turned out that the one twin who ate more, blueberries, strawberries, these what we call anthocyanin-rich foods. Anthocyanins are these deep blue colors. The the twin who ate more of those foods had about 9% less body fat than the other one did. And so we're thinking, okay, wait a minute. Instead of starving, what if I build these foods into my routine, let them do the work? And the answer is it works. Uh, You can lose a phenomenal amount of weight. You never have to starve again. Well, and I I had so much fun when you're talking about blueberries. Blueberries came up a lot when we were going back and forth about the book. And I just had so much fun with this idea of the list of foods that you can have as opposed to saying, oh, take that out, take this out. You know, there's a section in the book that says, hey, here's some ingredients that maybe aren't the best for you, but you really get into the science, the things you're mentioning, the things that can help you in this category, which I love. For starters, 
Just as an example, you give French toast in the beginning of the book for weight loss. Now, to many people, that sounds completely counterintuitive to a weight loss strategy. So enlighten our listeners on having their French toast and eating it too. Okay. Do you want to take those blueberries? Rich in the anthocyanins. Remember, these are the ones that are associated with less body fat, particularly less abdominal fat. Build them into the most delicious syrup you can ever imagine and put it over your French toast, but not the not, not your grandma's French toast, the one where they dip it in, in eggs and milk and, and throw it into the fry pan with butter all over it. Um, is that fattening? Sure it is. But you can undo all of that. You can take out the, the bad ingredients and you can have French toast that's great, topped with a syrup that is great, and you can love your breakfast and it loves you back. Oh, that's so true. And we were so energized around this. So Lindsay S. Nixon, who also does recipes on the book, she developed a fantastic French toast in there. And then I went crazy with the blueberries and the cinnamon you were talking about. We got a great syrup in there. We're able to put all over everything. But what about some other foods? Can you summarize how certain foods bring about weight loss? Sure. Um, Let's take spices, for example. This is really cool. And people have been studying them for a long time. Cinnamon. Cinnamon contains uh, a, a natural compound. It's, it's an aldehyde, which is the chemical group. So the not very creative researchers named it cinnamaldehyde. But what it does in your intestinal tract, it goes down into your stomach, goes into your digestive tract, and it, it reaches, uh, uh, there's a certain receptor in your gut called the TRPA1 receptor. The cinnamaldehyde from your cinnamon attaches there it causes your body to release just a touch of adrenaline. Your metabolism ramps up, you're burning off calories, you barely notice it. And if you only have a sprinkle of cinnamon on Monday and then the following, you know, two weeks later, you're not gonna really notice much. But researchers decided, let's see what happens if we have have about a teaspoon of cinnamon a day. And they found that over, oh, about, three, four months, they discovered that people were losing about seven or eight pounds from this. So uh, if the cinnamon goes on to your French toast, which also has the blueberries on it, works great. So uh, cinnamon, ginger, hot peppers do it. If you've ever been to a restaurant where you're, you know, the hot peppers zap your tongue a little bit, you're sweating, your body temperature is actually rising because you're burning calories faster. But let me, let me give you one more. Um, Dustin, I got to tell you this one. This is don't try this at home. Researchers did a research study where they actually measured everybody's. How do you put this um, politely? They they measured what they excreted, and sure. what they disco- what they discovered was that if people ate a diet that included more whole grains in it, um, brown rice instead of white rice, whole um, whole grain bread instead of white bread, the fiber. As it's going down your digestive tract, the fiber will trap some of the calories in the foods that you're eating and carry them out with the waste. And you're flushing those calories down the toilet. And what the researchers discovered is that you're subtracting about 100 calories a day um, from that. So that's a little modest, but you add that to the appetite taming effect. The calorie trapping effect comes in. The metabolism boosting effect comes in. And uh, over a relatively short period of time, the weight loss that you get can be equivalent to what the the weight loss that people are are getting with drugs, uh, with really severe dieting. And you get this getting this just from the foods themselves. 
that's really using the ingredients to work for you, as we've talked about the things you can have and then how they're working for you. You tell us all about this in the book and the Power Foods Diet. So when we talk about foods that will do these magical things you're talking about, right? What are the top foods for weight to get the weight loss effects? Um, well, I, I think berries do come top. Um, and for the reasons that we've described, because they have they're high in fiber, they, they have natural healthy complex carbo, carbo, carbohydrates, plus the anthocyanins. But I don't want people to focus on just that because look at the the whole other fruit, the rest of the fruit group, the apples, the pears, mm. the citrus fruits uh, were one of the top ones that was that were discovered by Harvard researchers as well. And when it comes to the vegetable group, I'm hoping people will be generous with them. Green vegetables were scored number two and number three in the Harvard uh, list. The cruciferous ones were number two. The other ones like spinach were number three. And if you're planning your dinner, what if you combine green vegetables, uh, some Brussels sprouts or broccoli, say, with an orange vegetable? That's where the beta carotene is. That's a weight loss power food, too. And the green and the orange, they just kind of complement each other and they make a really nice combination. Uh, one last one I do want to mention, sea vegetables. When I was growing up in Fargo, North Dakota, Dustin, do you think I knew what wakame was? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> However, um, sea vegetables, whether it's the nori wrap on your sushi. By the way, we're not, this is not fish sushi. Right. This is, right. Your, this, is your, this is your cucumber roll. Right. Or your asparagus roll or sweet potato roll, whatever. Okay. That nori sheet that it's wrapped in or the wakame that's in your miso soup or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they have iodine. Iodine is what your thyroid turns into thyroid hormone, which powers your metabolism. So uh, the sea vegetables are power foods too. I love this. All of these great ingredients and where I'm about to dive into them in this book. So many great things to tell everyone about. There's pasta in here, y'all. He's not leaving you hanging. There's pasta in here. And I'm excited to tell you all more about it. We're going to dig through the recipe section by section because that's what we do here on Keep On Cooking. Dr. Barnard, I appreciate you coming on to chat about the science behind all of this today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at some press events soon. We've got listeners. If you're in Washington, D.C., uh, in the Washington, D.C. area, you can catch myself and Dr. Barnard, Stephanie Ignafo of Plantspiration, and a host of the Physicians Committee Exam Room podcast, Chuck Carroll, in person for the book launch special event, The Power Foods Revolution, on March 26th. I'm really looking forward to that and being with everybody there. There'll be food, education, inspirational stories, and a whole lot of fun. Of course, tickets are available now. I'll put the link in the notes. And if you can't join us for the launch event, please go pre-order your copy of The Power Foods Diet right now, every Everywhere books are sold. Dr. Barnard, thanks again for being here. It's always so nice to catch up and chat with you. Well, Dustin, thank you. Thank you for these fantastic recipes. Let me say you hit it out of the park. And thanks for letting me talk about the, the Power Foods Diet today. All right, I'm going to talk about the fabulous recipes in the Power Foods Diet. Dr. Barnard's new book that I developed some recipes for with Lindsay S. Nixon. And I got to tell you, I'm not so focused on the weight loss aspect of this. Of course, it's great. He offers all of this fantastic science and research in the beginning, and there's a lot of uh, success stories in here as well. But what I'm focused on, what I love about it is that it really hones in on the ingredients that you can have, foods that you can have. And that's what Lindsay and I developed the recipes from, a place of looking at the foods that you can eat. Not necessarily being like, oh, we can't use this or we can't use that. It was like, let's take a look at all the things we can use. And there's so many great ingredients 
that you can use in this book. Blueberries, cinnamon, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, apples, pears, raisins, dried fruits, apricots, mangoes, oranges, plums, berries, cherries, black beans, pinto beans, chickpeas, tofu, tempeh, miso, oats, brown rice, millet, wheat, amaranth, pasta, 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 whole wheat pasta, baby, getting into it. Spinach, Swiss chard, asparagus, watercress, lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, cabbage, collards, potatoes, sweet potatoes, nori, seaweed, all types of seaweed. The list goes on and on. Dun, dun, dun. The beat goes on. Y'all ever listen to Into the Woods with the witch when she's given the list of stuff in her garden? Basically, when she gives that list of stuff in her garden... Watercress and celery and rutabaga. That's all the stuff you can eat, essentially, in this book. Isn't that fabulous? Um, so let me tell you more about the recipes. We get into it with a breakfast uh, chapter right away. We got strawberry banana breakfast bake. I love this recipe. It's one of mine. It's essentially an oatmeal bake with strawberries and bananas in it for a natural sweetener in there. Uh, you bake it and then you've got like meal prep ready for yourself, essentially, which is what I love about it. Because you, you've baked it. You've got nine servings. Um, I'm actually going to work on a new one for a carrot cake oatmeal bake. I have all the ingredients waiting for me. I'm very excited about it. Don't worry. I'll put that one up online. You can have it for free. Um, but a carrot cake oatmeal bake, can you imagine? And I'm going to do like a yogurt sort of frosting with it, baby. I'm into it already. Baby, baby, baby. Okay, so let's talk about the recipes in this book. Uh, everyday overnight oats, three ways. That's me. So you got three different ways to make overnight oats. People stress over overnight oats. Let me tell you what you do. Give yourself half cup of oats, half cup of plant-based milk. Mix that up. Put whatever sweeteners you want in a little dash of cinnamon. Uh, you want to get that Ceylon cinnamon, that pure cinnamon, if you want the health benefits that Dr. Barnard was talking about. And uh, a little dash, little, maybe a little uh, a little fruit in it. You want to put some fruit in it. Uh, you could do carrot cake overnight oats with some carrots and cinnamon. Oh, good stuff. Um, sheet pan chickpea for top chickpea frittatas in here. Now, this is for the egg lover. It's made out of a garbanzo bean flour with a bunch of veggies thrown in there. It's basically a frittata on a sheet pan, and it's big. You can cut it in. You can have like it's probably got like six servings. So, like you can have a nice hearty breakfast with this. If you like eggs, this is going to be for you. Uh, now I love this one. Everything sweet potato sriracha toast. So we're taking that whole wheat bread. Dr. B was talking about, we're going to put some sweet potato on it. And then what I do, knees, you're going to drizzle it with some sriracha and sprinkle some everything bagel seasoning on it. Loaded with flavor. Pow, 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 pow. Green smoothie blender cakes, pancakes. Let me tell you what I did here. Cause I want you to get your greens in whenever, however you can. I will say too. This book, you know, if you go to all my cookbooks, this book is probably the most reflective of how I eat these days. And I will say my friend Natalie and I have Bacon Destroy. We're talking about this the other day because, you know, we're all on our own journeys with food, no matter what it is and fitness, you know, um, if, if that's your thing. And Natalie and I, have, I've been on a fitness and food journey probably for the last six years. Um, shout out ever since I started at Mark Fisher Fitness in like 2018, I think. Um, and that has built a whole different relationship with food for me. And then Natalie's been really uh, going strong on a, a fitness journey and food journey for the last couple of years. And we're your typical, if you go to Natalie's book, Bake and Destroy, you know, and my second book, Epic Vegan, we love food. We just love to throw stuff together and make really cool dishes. And I'm telling you, we still love that food. We still love that food to this day. Give us a green bean casserole pizza. Give me that crab rangoon pizza. Honey, we are all over. But you know what else we love? A lot, actually. 
simple, real food that's easy to make. And that's what the Power Foods diet is full of. Simple, real foods that are easy to make. Uh, and Natalie was great. They were just like, you know, we just got to be like real with our food 80% of the time. And then the other 20% of the time, we can kind of like enjoy the other things. And I'm like, she's not wrong because it pays off. I feel better all of the time, right? Uh, last night I indulged in some sweets and I felt fine, but like, I didn't feel great. Like I usually do, you know, it's things like that. You just learn about yourself and your body as you move onward in life. So I will say the recipes that I developed for this book really came out of my kitchen of things that I often eat, uh, you know, simple ingredients that I toss together Where for this book, I kind of just had to be like, well, okay, let's throw together some measurements and make sure people can make these at home. Uh, and this everything sweet potato sriracha toast is one of those things. Green smoothie blender pancakes, also one of those things. So I'll toss the spinach in uh, plant-based milk, whiz that up in a blender, and then I'll use that liquid to mix with my dry mix to make the pancake essentially. And spinach is such a neutral green you're not really tasting any greens in your pancakes. And you smother that with that blueberry cinnamon syrup we were talking about earlier. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, blender oat waffles. I love these. It's just some oats and banana and a plant milk and a blender to make your waffle batter. You put that in a waffle maker. There you go. British style greens and beans on toast. Now, you know, the Brits love their tomatoes and sausage and um, uh, beans for breakfast. I don't necessarily want it for breakfast, but I, I did like that notion of like having it as an option for people who do want that on the whole wheat toast. You get some beans in there too, some power foods, power foods in there. So that's where the British style greens and beans. Well, and of course I mix some greens in it because I'm crazy like that. Um, cheesy grits and bacon. That is a Lindsay recipe. She's got it with portobello bacon in here. She's hitting you up with some personal pancakes. She's got some tofu chiquiles in here, chilaquiles in here and mango go smoothie, Cajun grits. She's got that French toast. Uh, which I've tried. It is delicious. Uh, it's made with the coating is actually made out of a garbanzo flour mixed with some plant milk and so good. Um, and she's got some hot oatmeals in here for you. One with an infused tea in it. How yummy does that sound? And then uh, also wild blueberry muffins she put in here for breakfast. And I did make those to photograph as well. So I'll share that too. Though David and I might've said it in the intro already. I did the photos for this book. And at first it kind of started out as like, oh, we need a few photos. And then I think we're putting... I don't know. I think there's like over 20 photos. I think it might even, it might be up to 40 even if I'm being honest. Um, I'm holding a review copy right now that does not have the photo inserts in it yet. So I still haven't seen them in their full glory. I can't wait. But it's my first book with photos. So I'm very excited about it. You know, I did a, a couple like one-off photos for my last couple of books. But this one really features all of my photos. I'm very excited about that. And I, I did lots of my recipes and some of Lindsay's. Very, very good. Um, and then we've got a grilled tofu, grilled tempeh recipe in here to keep things simple, easy, breezy. Now, a handheld section, which I was kind of a proponent of. I Proponent? Is that the right word? I was uh, a champion for. I was like, let's give a handheld section, like things people can take on the go, things people can eat for lunch, things you can serve at a barbecue, things you can serve at a party, right? Everyone loves a handheld. And we're starting things off with a creamy spinach and artichoke wrap. Listen, I'm a madman for spinach and artichoke, and this is basically creamy uh, spinach and artichoke dip in a wrap with some balsamic, a little balsamic drizzle and some uh, robust 
uh, sun-dried tomatoes in there to get the goods in there, all but popping with flavor, really. Mediterranean chickpea salad sandwich. Now, I did this as sort of an ode to the traditional chickpea tuna sandwich, um, which I think Lindsay has one in here. So I was like, well, let's put a spin on this and do a little something else. So it's got all the Mediterranean flavors you love. It's got, you know, some onion there, some capers in there. Uh, And then we're also uh, drizzling some, if you want, optional. It's pretty flavorful by itself. But if you want to put a little dressing on that salad sandwich there, it's uh, got, we have a white bean tzatziki in the book that I love. Um, Buffalo uh, cauliflower hummus wrap. Listen, roasted buffalo, roasted cauliflower with some buffalo sauce. Or get that heat in there Dr. B was talking about with some hummus and a wrap. And now, and now, and now, and now comes my favorite part. This is the part where I get to tell you about Brussels sprout tacos and pin, and Brussels sprout I I buried the lead there. I like really went hard and then I messed up the title. Brussels sprout (laughs) taco. Brussels sprout and pinto tacos is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, Just shaved thinly Brussels sprouts or just, you know, all chopped up in a food processor, whatever works for you, mixed with some pinto beans and some seasoning and then topped with some mango salsa that Lindsay came up with. It's a powerhouse of a taco, and I freaking love it. It's delicious. Uh, Convenient black bean burritos. So we did an interesting thing in this book. Uh, We split it up. Uh, The recipes are labeled by either convenient, easy, or elegant, and that means convenient. You can rely on convenience items that you can find in a store to, like, just toss something together. Easy meaning you're going to cook a little bit, but it's not going to, like, crush your soul and you're not going to be in the kitchen for, you know, six hours. And then elegant meaning usually the recipe is still easy when it says elegant. What elegant means is like, oh, you could maybe serve this like at a dinner party for friends if you wanted to uh, entertain people. It kind of works for that situation. Or if you want to have a date night with your lover with some power foods, you can do that with uh, these elegant dishes, plate them up real nicely. So speaking of the convenient ones, we've got the convenient black bean burritos. We're talking about some black beans and a tortilla, right? It's that easy. Uh, weeknight bean burgers. Lindsay gave us a nice burger in here. Cauliflower barbecue sliders, mushroom quesadillas, and samosa lettuce cups. So all of those aromatic spices and flavors you love in a samosa, but in a lettuce cup, how nice is that? Tofu tacos. And here we go. We got the faux tuna sandwiches uh, that Lindsay came up with for you and takes us into soups and stews. I love me a soup. I love me a stew. First one I got for you is one that I had kicking around in my repertoire for a long time. I was so happy to finally have a book to put it in. Creamy chipotle butternut soup. And of course, all of the recipes in here, because we're going low fat, right? All of the recipes in here are oil-free. And let me me just touch on that for my own personal perspective on oil-free, right? So in my last book, Epic Vegan Quick and Easy, I give a little section on how to cook oil-free. Here's how I feel about it. I cook oil-free most of the time, right? If I'm making a soup, I have no reason to put oil in that soup. Um, And that's for me personally. That's just where I have come to. That's not a place where I necessarily want to spend my calories. uh, Or to me, and in the, the research and education that I've gotten in this thus far, there's not necessarily a nutritional value with oil, right? Uh, so I don't put it in a lot of things. However, I still use it. I had popcorn last night, and you better believe I made that in my pot, in my pot 
with some oil, a little bit of salt. You know, I still eat it. I still appreciate the value that it does bring for the richness and depth of flavor and also cooking techniques. There are things like if I really want to sear something, I can't sear something in, you know, vegetable broth. If I want to get that crisp, you know, nice sear to it, I've got to use some oil. So I do appreciate and respect and understand the nature of oil. But for me myself, I have taken it out, I think, of of where America has traditionally gone with oil, which is to pretty much kind of like put it on it, put it in the pan every time they're using something. Let me tell you something about pancakes too and oil. I struggled with making the perfect pancake for years, for years. It would always get too warm. It would burn all of these things. The middle was not done, all of these things. When I started working on oil-free pancakes with a nice non-stick skillet, I can make a perfect pancake now. I'm telling you, it's it's two and a half to three minutes each side, medium heat, nice oil-free skillet, great spatula. It's going to slip under there and uh, flip it over. You're good to go. Don't mess with that oil in the pancakes because all it's doing is frying the outside of your pancake. Meanwhile, the middle of it's not really getting very cooked. I'm sure there's some people out there using oil with their pancakes that could school in the art of making pancakes with oil. So I'm I'm not telling you to stop if it's your if it's your gig and you've got your perfection to it worked down but i could never get it so i love making my pancakes oil free all right so what else do we got in here we got uh that creamy chipotle butternut soup i mean that's butternut butternut squash essentially pureed into a soup with a little bit of chipotle adobe in there to give it a kick you can kind of start with one or two go as hot as you want it to be i love putting we've got an oil-free crispy chickpea crouton we can throw on top of that for a little topping a little crunch crunch in your soup so good some texture very easy veggie lentil soup now this is a variation of a lentil soup i've been doing for years it's just loaded with vegetables i think corn peas carrots broccoli potatoes are in there everything's in there with some lentils it's hearty it's satiating great to have around for the week uh for a quick lunch or even a quick dinner because it is very filling uh, and you're just getting all the nutrients from it, right? Cheese and broccoli soup. So there's a great carrot cauliflower cheese sauce I use in here. And I just took it and turned it into a soup for you with that broccoli in there. Chickpea pot pie stew with herbed polenta dump- dumplings. Now, baby, in my last book, I'd be being quick and easy. There is a chickpea pot pie soup. And I love it. I freaking love it. It's delicious. It's become like a fan favorite. Everyone always posts. They're making it. They love it. They love it. And so I was like, well, it's another variation on this. So uh, in the one in Epic Vegan, you take cashews and make a cream sauce. In this, you're going to use a cornstarch. Uh, and there's it's modified a little with some different ingredients. So it's a little different than the soup. But you're going to use a cornstarch to thicken it. And then you're going to make these delicious herbed polenta dumplings that you're going to let uh, come to fruition on the top. You're going to plop them on the top. You're going to put a lid on that stew and you're going to let those dumplings cook out, babe. They're going to be so good. And you got yourself a nice big bowl of hearty stew with a delicious polenta dumpling on top of it. I love it. Uh, Speedy one pot dal is in here. Love that with the red lentils. Ooh, I want to make some of that now. A little pop of lemon juice in there at the end. A little citrus on those that uh, one pot dal. We got a mango dal, another dal, orzo chili. So we're using that whole wheat orzo in here to create a chili pasta fagioli. 
Mexican noodle soup. That's a Lindsay recipe. I want to make that. That sounds yummy. And Southwest chili. So that's our soups and stews chapter. Now we have salads and sides. So love me a salad. Love me a side. Obviously, this chapter is going to be chock full of them power ingredients. So what do we got? Easy quinoa and broccoli tabbouleh. Mm -hmm. I think in this I use uh, the broccoli stock. No, I probably just use the flora. But, you know, hold on to those stocks because you can, um, you know, it's funny. I say, I think you guys were like, well, didn't you write it? Yes, I did. However, what happens as years go by and you're developing recipes? I'm celebrating 10 years in this, by the way. What happens when years go by is you develop different variations of things. You perfect things. You make them better. You forget what you've done. You write a book a year ago. It comes out and you're expected to be like, it's this. When ultimately, when you're promoting a book, you kind of... So you and the publisher get together and you focus on a handful of recipes that you share with the world to promote the book uh, so that all the recipes are not there for free. Now, let me see. So I just say one and a half cups of broccoli chopped into tiny pieces. I love that. That's going to be delicious. Oh, because I see. So the quinoa is creating the tabbouleh. So I do think I have a variation at one point where you uh, shred up the uh, stems. In this case, let's just take those stems and we're going to use them for uh, stock. Put those in the freezer, pull them out when you want to make a delicious, yummy stock. Okay, so moving on to a massage kale Caesar. This has got some shredded carrots in it. It's got the massage uh, kale. And you're uh, going to massage it with a white bean Caesar dressing that I love and top it with those oil-free crispy chickpea croutons. Pinto picnic salad. Now, this one I love. It's an oil-free lime chili vinaigrette mixed with some spinach and peppers, pinto beans, brown rice. Oh, it's just so good. Toss that up. A little bit of mango or papaya in there. I like to put it in a container, take it wherever I need to go, and then toss it up with the dressing when I get there and enjoy it. It's so good. Rainbow fajita bowls. We got fajita vegetables atop a bed of leafy greens with us tomatoes and pinto beans, brown rice, and drizzled with, I like to put Lindsay's uh, creamy tofu sauce on this. So good. Uh, loaded choppy salad bowl. This has everything you want. The, ba the, new, the base of the dressing is a nutritional yeast base uh, with some onion powder, garlic powder comes together so easily. A little bit of tamari in there for some umami and salt pop. And you're going to mix it with kale and arugula, some olives, some pomegranate seeds, just all sorts of yummy, yummy vegetables are in this. Some tofu is in there as well. So you're really getting a nice big bowl of uh, lots of power foods ingredients. I want to see if I can find exactly the veggies that we popped in this for you. Yeah, so let's see here. Kale, arugula, tofu, chickpeas, tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, olives, and apple. Oh, so I used to work at a restaurant in New York. It's not open anymore. Called The Eatery. I mean, I worked there, gosh, 18 years ago. And I was an actor at the time, so waited tables, of course. But um, there was always a, a special choppy salad is what it was called. So I've called chop salads choppy salads now for 18 years because I always loved this salad. It was so good. Didn't matter what they put on it. It was just so fun to me that it was all chopped up. You could put a, a bite on a fork and you weren't shoving a big piece of kale in your mouth. You were, you know, everything was bite size, all chopped up for you. Um, 
And I loved it. So that's sort of uh, where this choppy bowl came from is uh, pulling on my past. there, just making it a little healthier. Uh, roasted maple balsamic, Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes, chilled pasta, primavera salad, all the powerhouse veggies and some watercress in here with some rotini pasta. Uh, think about, you know, your summer salads, right? Like a summer pasta salad. That's kind of what this is. Uh, scallop potatoes. I use that uh, thinly sliced potatoes with that carrot uh, cauliflower cheese sauce to make these scallop potatoes. Crispy, oil-free oven baked potato wedges. So I had these clients a couple of years ago, these private clients who wanted french fries they were like we don't want oil but we want french fries and whenever we went on well they went on vacation and i came with them and worked in the kitchen right they were they always wanted vacation foods essentially um but they weren't going to order from the resort that's why i was there with them to cook so they wanted all the vacation foods they wanted you know guacamole they wanted hummus all these things and you know i'd make them from scratch they wanted pita chips no oil all that stuff like that so i'd make all these things from scratch but one thing that I really perfected was making a crispy oil-free French fry. And I love these to this day. They're one of my favorite things to make. And I was really proud of it because uh, uh, my boss at the time, he came over and he was like, um, you know, I want potatoes again, but it's just, you're making us so much fried food. And I said, boss, those are not fried. And he was like, what? And I was like, there's no oil on these. You, I'm like, that has been the assignment since I've worked with you is no oil. And there's no oil on these French fries. And he was like, what? And I was like, do you want more? He's like, keep them coming. Please keep making these the entire time. I did not know. I thought they were fried in oil. And I was like, they are not. They're oil free and I will happily make them because uh, they're also really easy to make. So it's nice to be able to keep your clients uh, happy with food that's easy to make and also makes them feel good. So I love these crispy oil-free oven baked potato wedges. Was so thrilled to finally find a home for them in a book. Because uh, Dr. B does talk about, you know, potatoes are good, but not fried and not chips. So this was nice to bring these to the table. I love them to dip them in that carrot cauliflower cheese sauce, honey. That's taken it another step, let me tell you. So then we got a seaweed, cucumber, and chickpea salad. I came up with that one. I got to tell you, I got to be honest. I got to be real. Keeping it real. I do not love seaweed, but I continue to try it over the years. You know, I went to the Natural Gourmet Institute, which was a health-supportive cooking school, and we talked a lot about seaweed, did a lot of recipes with seaweed, and it's, it's just, it's, it's, I like those seaweed chips, right? Because they're probably, there's oil and they're crispy and all that. But like, and I like a miso soup. I actually had a miso soup in this book, and I can't remember why it got cut. Hmm. Uh, because I was trying to find ways to put seaweed in, and this was one of them. I did the seaweed, cucumber, and chickpea salad, which was really tasty, but I'm still, for me, it's not going to be something I make all the time. But if you like seaweed, honey, this is for you. Ooh, this next one, y'all. I love this. Twice-baked Mediterranean sweet potatoes. I'm obsessed with these. I made these and I was like, I can make these all the time. Um, actually, I want to make them now when I get off here. It's it's chickpeas and sweet potato mash, twice baked, and then you drizzle it with that white bean tzatziki. And it, again, it's got the Mediterranean flavors in there. I think you got some capers tossed in there, some red onion. Just so yummy, so delicious. Parsley, probably lots of parsley, parsley. Um, while we're uh, uh, talking about delicious things and colorful things, we got the Rainbow Crunch Pad Thai Bowl here next. I really do love this. I love pouring a Pad Thai dressing, a, uh, you know, 
with the peanutty flavors, the rice vinegar, the lime juice, all of that. And in this you can use, it's a little bit of peanut butter, a little bit of olive oil. Those are, That's kind of a no-no ingredient in this book, you know, nut butters. Uh, but that's the thing. It's focusing on the food you can have. This salad is loaded with tons of power foods ingredients. So if you're drizzling it with a little dressing that has just a touch of that no-no ingredient, you're still headed in the right direction, right? Uh, so that's why it is. It's focusing on things that you can eat because uh, this salad is full of so many great things like kale and cabbage, green cabbage, red cabbage, carrots, bell peppers, sugar snap peas, edamame, scallions, cilantro, and then, um, you know, that dressing is loaded with uh, some tamari rice vinegar, maple syrup, lime juice, ginger, such good stuff. So good for you in this bowl. So that's the rainbow crunch pad thai bowl. I love it. I love it. We got a creamy broccoli salad, creamy coleslaw, riced cauliflower birani, uh, cornbread, green bean salad, potato salad, Asian-inspired rice salad, cucumber arame salad, and perfect brown rice. So we're getting you with some basics in here and well as well, which is really nice. Now we get into the main event, honey. We're in the main section. So we got the baked falafel bowl. That's going to utilize that tabbouleh we talked about earlier and also some uh, baked falafels. Crispy and delicious. Easy breezy veggie curry. Let me tell you why I love this recipe. I did this on my cooking club. I did a cooking club briefly. Uh, it just turned out to be a lot to take on. So ended up uh, not doing the cooking club regularly. You never know. Might come back for a, a one night only. Um, but easy breezy veggie curry. Now this was... Um, now, let me tell you, I love doing the cooking club. I was like, I don't want to just breeze over that. I loved doing it. It's just a lot of work to put into... Uh, when you don't know necessarily if everyone's going to show up and all that stuff like that. Um, and it was free. I was doing it in my own my own time. I got, I got all the stuff I got to do is the thing. There's just lots of things to do and not enough hours in the day. So that's one of the things that had to fall off the list. Anyway, easy breezy veggie curry. So what I love about this, you want to get your carrots in, right? Get that good, good fiber and all the other stuff with it. So I steamed the carrots and I made a sauce out of it that I mixed the curry spices into. And that is the sauce base for your easy breezy veggie curry. And you're going to toss vegetables and potatoes in there. It is so yummy and so filling. And you just feel good about it. You're not eating this like heavy, rich, creamy base. You're eating vegetables. It's all vegetables. So I really love this recipe. Uh, and that's sort of the fun of these ingredients, looking at ingredients that you can eat, right? And when I talk about my own diet, how things have evolved over the years, I got into vegan food because I just wanted to learn how to make a macaroni and cheese that satisfied me. I wanted to learn how to make a pizza that satisfied me, all these things. And I still want to make those things. And I still do make those things. But as time has progressed, I've gotten so interested in vegetables and uh, loving the way that vegetables make me feel and fruits make me feel and whole grains make me feel. So now I've become invested in finding fun ways to use those ingredients. And the fun with those just kind of never stops. You know, it's always exciting and there's always new in in vegetables to discover. Uh, we got, so this would be a, a cauliflower chickpea masala and then a baked polenta and mushroom ragu. Uh, this is a great dish dish to serve at a dinner party you can stack the polenta up and like pour the ragu over it and put some microgreens on top of it maybe for some height it's really lovely and uh some pastas coming up here that i did just for this book that i love 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 
pesto spaghetti with broccoli and sun-dried tomatoes, y'all. It is everything that it says it is. And delicious at that. One pot cauliflower piccata pasta. Babies, I love me some piccata. That papa lemon, the papa capers, the parsley, so good. So we're putting the cauliflower in one pot with the pasta. We're boiling it all together and then we're making the sauce all from that and adding the capers and lemon juice and everything to it at the end. It is so good. I love this pasta so much. Um, and then we've got, and it's great. I would make these pastas and I would have meal prep. It was so great. I would portion it out and I would just have myself meal prep all through the week. David loves these ones too. We got a chimichurri chickpea pasta. So a chimichurri sauce tossed with pasta and chickpeas in there. So good. Sheet pan broccoli and tofu teriyaki. Love a sheet pan meal. This is vegetables and tofu on a sheet pan drizzled with the teriyaki sauce roasted. And then you serve that over a little brown rice chilled bok choy soba noodle bowls. This is a tahini-based dressing drizzled over vegetables and bok choy and soba noodle bowls and then chilled in the fridge, sprinkled with little sesame seeds on top. So yummy. Egg roll in a bowl. Now, this was like a trend that was happening for a little bit on the Instagram. And I kind of hopped onto it here because I was like, how can I make an even more healthful version of this? And so it's everything you want in egg roll. It's the cabbage and the carrots and the tofu with all of the egg roll flavors. You're just not dealing with that, you know, the unhealthy deep fried wrapper, which again, I'm going to talk about balance. I will go to a restaurant that has a vegan egg roll and I will eat it. So I just want to be clear about that. I will eat it and I will enjoy it. And you know what I'll also enjoy? This egg roll in a bowl whenever I want those flavors at home and I don't want to whip out a pot to deep fry in. You can't look at me and tell me that's a fun thing for you to do at home. Nobody likes to do that at home. That's a pain in the butt. So this is a great way to get those egg roll flavors uh, without all the muss and fuss. I got a red pepper and artichoke paella in here for you. A penne arabiata. Now, I make this easy arabiata sauce from scratch. You can use jar if you want, but this is just crushed tomatoes, some garlic, and some crushed red pepper. It is so good. And then toss this up with some whole wheat penne. I actually had to do it for a promo video. Um, so David and I have been eating it all week. Love, love, love it. Lindsay's got some great stuff in here. A cheesy broccoli casserole, firecracker bowls, lasagna rolls, personal pita pizzas, neat loaf. You got to have the standby neat loaf, right? Vegetable rice casserole, Moroccan shepherd's pie, peanut tofu stir fry, pasta with creamy tofu sauce, nori rolls with tahini dipping sauce, potato lentil enchiladas, shroomy stroganoff, quick stir fry, spaghetti bean bean balls, alu matar, Oven baked macaroni, garlic cauliflower risotto. Let me tell you about that macaroni. Don't snooze on it. Do not snooze on it. I made it because you know I am a um, snobby little macaroni and cheese boy. And I was like, okay, Lindsay, let's see. I'm going to make this. Plus, I also had to photograph it. (laughs) But I was like, I will happily photograph the mac and cheese because I want to try it. And I did. And it was delicious. The base is a silken tofu sauce with just minimal spices in there. And then bake that up with some uh, whole wheat pasta. It is so good. It's hearty. It's creamy. It's decadent. It's just great. Um, Another one to serve to friends and family, really. You know, it has that baked mac and cheese texture uh, as opposed to like pasta and sauce. Uh, I had some friends that I worked with at Arden's Garden and there was always an argument over baked pasta and pasta and sauce. They are two different things. You got to you got to be real about that. All right, we're on to sweet treats, y'all. Dessert. So, strawberry banana ice cream, 
as simple and nice as it sounds, some frozen strawberries, some frozen bananas. They come together in a bag now. You let them set out at room temp for about five, 10 minutes before you put them in the blender. You whiz them together. You get yourself some nice cream. Uh, you know, a very sweet, delicious treat you don't have to feel bad about. Beat the summer blueberry pops. I love these. It's pear and banana and blueberry mixed up in a popsicle. So get yourself some popsicle molds. Make these easy beat the summer blueberry pops. Triple berry no churn sorbet. This is great. No ice cream maker required. You make it in the blender. Uh, and then after you freeze it, when you scoop it, you do want to let it set out for, again, five or ten minutes so you can actually scoop it. If not, it is going to seem very, very icy um, because it's not being made in an ice cream maker. It's not being made with tons of sugar, which these are things that take away the iciness, you know, the, the air uh, in an ice cream maker gets taken out of it. That's The air is what causes the iciness. So we are, we are compromising a little bit when we're not using an ice cream maker. Lemon tahini oat bites. Love these oats and citrus essentially uh, come together for a powerhouse little bite there. Blueberry pear crumble. So blueberries and pears are a big one in this book. So I was putting them together like crazy because they're so yummy with an awesome crumble on top that is sugar-free or it might have like the tiniest bit of maple syrup in it, but it's not laden with like butters and oils. Uh, a super fun crumble to make and easy to make. Quick apple cinnamon skillet. I love this because who has time to be making apple pies? Raspberry banana oatmeal cookies. So I've had a banana strawberry oatmeal cookie. Again, actually, for those clients I was talking about, they inspired a lot in this book because they were oil-free, they were sugar-free, all these things, you know. Um, and I loved cooking uh, that aspect of cooking for them because it really sort of pushed me to a new arena with my food of exploring things and making great flavors without some stuff that I had relied on. And these uh, cookies, these raspberry banana oatmeal cookies are sort of inspired by the strawberry banana ones I did with them. But I did the strawberry banana ice cream in here. So I thought, well, let's put a little tart raspberry with those bananas for this with some oats as well for these cookies. We got black and blue brownies. So again, I took another spin on something. Y'all know, y'all, yeah, y'all know uh, the black bean brownies with raspberry preserves that have been popping around the universe now for a very long time. Um, actually, Lindsay said to me that she invented them. I mean, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't know if that's true, Lindsay. Um, maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I want to know who did invent the black bean brownies with raspberries in them. I know I made a wacky version like 12 years ago that had all these really weird ingredients that did not taste very good. So maybe she created the first really delicious one. But we were talking about putting a version of it in this book. And she was like, I don't want to touch it. I invented it anyways. And I was like, okay. Uh, I was like, I do want to touch it. And I want to reinvent the wheel with it a little bit. So I actually used blueberries instead of raspberries. So again, getting that, that nice blueberry uh, powerhouse ingredient in there. And I called them the black and blue brownies because they got black beans and blueberries. So there you go. I got a fruity banana split in here. Now, this was a this was an interesting one. Dr. B sort of tasked me. He's like, can we do a healthy banana split? And I said, no, sir, that's not a thing. <laughs> I was, you know, because I like my ice cream and I like my banana splits. Actually, I was never big on banana splits, but I'm not going to turn one down if someone's bringing me a nice, delicious banana split. But I was like, no, sir, we cannot do a healthy banana split. Like, what you, you, what you out your mind? But then, of course, as I do when somebody sort of offers me a little challenge, I was like, but how can we make a bowl 
that is healthful with bananas and like a delicious sort of sweet flavor to it, right? So it's the banana and something else, right? And I thought, okay, well, we can do a, it's not going to be an ice cream split, you know, it's not gonna be a banana split, but I called this the fruity banana split because we split a banana in half, put a little bit of vanilla yogurt on it, and then we drizzle it with a date caramel. So I did a date caramel in this book. So you're getting a whole food ingredient, making a caramel sauce out of it, and you're drizzling it on this banana and the yogurt. And then I think I put some fruit on there with it as well. And I definitely some pomegranate seeds because I love those. I love that little crunch and that little pop of tang. So we do have all these luscious, creamy, decadent textures existing on this fruity banana split. And I got to tell you... I actually like this more than an ice cream banana split. I was like, uh, why have I not done this forever ago? Because it is delicious. Uh, I mean, it could even be like a breakfast item when you think about it. But uh, fruity banana split. And then we got a classic fruit salad in here. One of my favorites, uh, chickpea cookie dough bites. I was happy to take a spin at these. You know, I've seen them around for a long time. And I was just like, I want to do my own version of that. Because uh, I freaking love cookie dough. And I... When I say my own version, I, you know, you see it online somewhere or something. For me, I don't necessarily follow a recipe. I'll go, oh, that sounds good. Let me put these things in. So I just went to task and started like whipping it up in a way that I thought tastes good. And that's what ended up in the book. So we got chickpea cookie dough bites, quickie cinnamon rice pudding. And then Lindsay gave you a great carrot cake there with an optional frosting at the end of the desserts. And now we're coming on to staple condiments and dressings so many great things for you to keep on hand here to keep stay on track if you want to like because i like to have sauces in my fridge right now i got a butternut cheese sauce in there that i just made the other day because i had some butternut squash laying around i know i will use it i will use it on pasta i will use it on those oil-free baked potato wedges i will use it on broccoli like i will use that sauce and it's going to help me like eat my veggies, essentially, right? So I like to have some staples or condiments on hand. This chapter has the carrot cauliflower cheese sauce, creamy Caesar dressing, power pesto greens. This is a pesto made of like kale and spinach, all the good greens in there. Classic oil-free hummus, white beans, tzatziki, cinnamon, blueberry syrup, uh, pouring that all over the breakfast goodies, chimichurri sauce, oil-free crispy chickpea croutons, date caramel, Easy Arabiata sauce, enchilada sauce, golden gravy, barbecue sauce, low-fat vegan mayo, mango salsa, balsamic Dijon vinaigrette, creamy tofu sauce, orange ginger dressing, tahini dipping sauce, faux beef broth, and creamy garlic yogurt sauce. And y'all, that does it for the recipes for the Power Foods diet. I'm very excited. Well, I'm very excited to finally get a copy of this book where I can see the photos in it because y'all, I'm really thrilled. It's my first book with photos. Uh, but I really do love the recipes that I did for this book and the ones of Lindsay's that I've gotten to try. Uh, and I think it's got some really great information out there for people who want to get uh, a little info on the science behind weight loss. So please go pick up the Power Foods Diet or pre-order it uh, wherever you pre-order books. It's going to be out March 26th. And of course, I mentioned the book launch event that's coming up uh, on that day, March 26th, in Washington, D.C., it's got I'll be there with uh, my pal Stephanie Ignafo of Plantspiration, who I love and adore. She is a big ball of energy. And we've got Chuck Carroll there from the Exam Room podcast. And also Dr. Barnard will be there. And I'm working on the menu now with the Press Club there in D.C. So we're going to have some great foods to feature from the book and lots of fun to have and inspirational stories and all that good stuff like that. So... If you do come to that, you get a free copy of the book that day. But if you're not coming to that, go ahead and pre-order it. All the links will be in the stories here. And I really appreciate 
Tour Down for Liberty Chip Room. <laughs> Gonna wrap it up. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening today. Keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>